What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got? All right, attention, fellow iPhone users. If you have any precious photos nestled inside your text messaging threads, be careful not to delete those threads, even if you've saved those photos to your camera roll. Otherwise, you could risk losing those pictures for forever because there's a weird bug in the new iOS 15 and or iCloud, and as of the latest beta update, it appears to still be there. So normally, if you save a photo from a text message conversation to your camera roll, it's not going to go anywhere until you decide to manually delete it. However, iPhone users are reporting losing their photos anyway after iCloud performs a backup. So if you have iOS 15, be careful and maybe even like take a screenshot of any photos that you're saving via text message because you don't want to lose those forever. Do you guys have like precious photos in text threads that you'd be worried about losing? No, because I always save them like immediately to my Well, that's the thing. This bug, this bug is saying even if you save them, they're they're just like magically deleting themselves and they don't have a fix for it yet. Oh, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? I mean, I don't, there's nothing that precious that I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't have anything that I, I like any pictures that I have. Um, I, I would say the ones that are super precious, like, for example, like my kids when they were born or certain uh, family events. That stuff is already backed up in the cloud and I can see it, though. Like I can pull it up on my even on my laptop and my PC. So you're saying that it's gone from there too? No, the ones that you're getting from text messages. So like, let's say I text you or your wife texts you a photo right now and it's like the cutest picture ever of your kid and you want to save it. You have to not delete the text thread and you might want to take a screenshot Well, I don't ever delete, delete text threads. So there's that. Nor okay. do I. Well, that's good. Ever. Okay. People tell me I'm crazy that I'm slowing my phone down. They take up a lot of space. Yeah, yeah, they do. They, people tell me that I'm nuts because I, ne- I don't delete any texts ever because sometimes I might go into the search and say, okay, um, I haven't spoken to George Sedano in a long time, but I know I've texted with him, so I'm going to go back in there, I'm going to type in his name, and then there's where we left off. And so I never delete text. But it's funny you say this, because I've noticed recently that when I go to the text um, area of my phone, at the bottom of it, it says downloading messages from iCloud. And it has been saying this for days. And there's no progress of any kind. There's not like a blue line that's moving to the right. So it says downloading messages from iCloud and nothing seems to be happening. So I wonder if I'm part of this whole. Well, don't don't delete bug. the threads because you could lose those photos. I had an issue today. I noticed when I tried to find a picture that I had sent somebody previously. You know how if you click on someone's contact and it'll show you all the pictures you sent them? Mm -hmm. And I went to click on it to download it and it wouldn't download. And I was like, oh crap, maybe I have the bug. No, I haven't had any issues with mine. So, yeah, I I mean, at least not right now. So, Uh, I'm looking at my general settings here. Let me see, what do I have? I I don't have version 15 yet. Oh, well, then you're good. Then then maybe wait till it's fixed, even download it. Yeah, I'm not going to mess with it then. I haven't had to ask for a software update either, though, but I'm fine. Everything is running smoothly. I feel like every time they do the initial update, there's always problems with it. There's bugs, and they have to do like a a follow-up. Yeah, Yeah. always. Yeah. So, well, look, it could be worse. You could have a green bubble like our buddy Alex here. Exactly. Isn't that the most annoying thing? And you're on a group chat. And nine out of ten people have iPhones, and there's one person that has an Android. What kind of Android phone do you have while we have it? While we're talking about it, Alex? 
I have the S21 Ultra. Is that like a good phone? I don't know. Yeah, it yeah I mean, like, it sounds kind of fancy. Yeah, it's kind of like the top of the line. It's it's what everybody compares to whatever top of the line iPhone. Okay, you have. now, why now let me ask there? you a question. Why Android? Yeah. Um, it's just what I've had all my life. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm 28, but just everything that I've had in terms of like, uh, let's say for example, touchscreen phones, it's all been Android. I I never went to the iPhone. I remember in high school when they came out with the iPhone. I, I mean, it was the big thing and all that. But I just I never got around to it. I did have an i. What was the touch one? Was it the the iPod, whatever touch? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had one of those, but it wasn't enough to convince me. I do have a Mac laptop though. I have a MacBook Pro. See that that surprises See, me because even George, you just said um, on your uh, on your. Did you say do you use a PC or do you are you all no Mac? my desktop? Is yeah. What I said. Okay. Is and use Mac for desktop too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you use Apple products, you probably use them for everything. I, I'm looking right here in my office right now. I'm holding my iPhone. I've got my, my, my MacBook in front of me. I've got whatever the desktop Mac is called, and I've got an iPad sitting right over here. I mean, everything around me is all Apple. So if you use one thing Apple, why would you use one thing Android? And I don't know. Do they <laughs> jive? Um, I mean... I, I just like using whatever I use. Uh, the reason I got the MacBook Pro, I got it like January 2019, was for work. And it's worked out really well for me, but I also have a desktop computer at home too. So I, I jive with both Windows and Mac. Like I can do both. And that's, I guess, what I'm used to now. Yeah, uh, the only Windows thing I have is at my at my cube at the office in the TV building, but that's it. Like that's the only time I use windows for anything um, it, or, or anything that's not an Apple product. So I feel like I would be windows illiterate. Like my girlfriend <laughs> uses all PCs. She doesn't use any Apple or any Mac of any kind. And if I sit down at her computer, I'm like, how do I do this? How do I do that? I don't know how to do this. I'm all Mac. I mean, literally if you don't speak the windows language, which I don't speak, I speak the Apple language. It's like you're like completely computer illiterate when you're sitting down at a PC. All right. Well, that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. So if you have an iPhone and you have the 15 iOS, be careful, basically. You're screwed. Yeah. Well, I don't know about screwed. Just be careful. Yeah. Lindsay was giving you a public service there. So. Way to go, Linz. Uh So the Dodgers, Thanks. awesome yesterday. Incredible. It felt like. The last couple of years. The the one thing that I have felt that the Dodgers are missing this particular season is just the ability to come from behind on a regular basis. And maybe we had been spoiled because last year they were the third best come from behind team in the sport. And two years ago, they were the best team uh, to come from behind in the sport. And if you go back years prior to that, it felt like they were also always near the top of that particular category. But not as much this year. They are. Uh, Lindsay looked up the numbers, ranked 18th, but that felt good. Where you know we're going into the postseason, and they're going to face the Cardinals, who finally lost. I'm kind of disappointed they lost. I wanted them to keep winning, um, so that way they eventually just lose um, because the odds are stacked against you. But nonetheless, I mean they're still going to lose more games. It's baseball for God's sake, and I think they're still going to lose to the Dodgers. Now, has Scherzer not looked so great? No, his last two outings have not looked great. However, you know, we were talking about 
the difference between Matthew Stafford and Kyler Murray, and we asked the question, like, who would you take right now in a winner-take-all game, right, between those two guys? And we both lean towards Stafford based on experience. Not that Adam Wainwright doesn't have experience, um, but Scherzer not only has similar experience, but is also the better pitcher at this stage. So I feel now, more than ever, super confident in the Dodgers right now in a one-game scenario against the Cardinals uh, because the Cardinals are peaking at the wrong time and the Dodgers um, ha- finally gave me a win that made me feel like, all right, no matter the, uh, the stakes, I'm good. Yeah, I was seeing uh, today, I was watching one of the ESPN Sports Centers in the middle of the afternoon, and um, they put up a full-page graphic about, about Adam Wainwright. Um, since July 21st, he has 10 wins, which is first in Major League Baseball. He's, uh, he's sixth in ERA at 2.28. Um, he's sixth in WHIP at .95. So his, um, all of his statistics, Adam Wainwright, and this is, again, dating back to July 21st of this season, he is first in wins, and he's top five, six in other major pitching categories. So I think the point is we're, we're headed towards – uh, unfortunately, at least the way I see it, a, a one game, and I'm just going to think of it as game seven. I, I'm going to stop. I'm going to try and retrain my mind that this is not a one game deal, that this is the last game of the series. And yeah, it's the first, but it's also the last. So I'm going to try and retrain my mind that this is game seven, but we're headed towards what could be, you know, one of the all time great pitcher duels between a team like the Dodgers who have been so spectacular over the course of the last what was the, what, oh, here, was, here are some numbers, George. I, I did some research today. Since August 10th, the Giants uh, are 32 and 13. Since August 10th, the Dodgers are 34 and 11, the best record in Major League Baseball. But as you know, um, the Giants had enough of a lead that even though the Dodgers have a 34 and 11 record compared to a 32 and 13 record, they've only picked up two games. I mean, so this entire time, as the Dodgers have been so on fire since August 10th, unfortunately for the Dodgers, the Giants have been just two games less on fire. But they had enough of a lead to still today hold a two-game lead in the division. And as I think we both realize now, uh, the math is completely against the Dodgers. You've got a two-game deficit, and you've got four games to go. And by the way, of the four games that you've got to go, three of those four are against Milwaukee, who's going to win their division, and they're going to be in the playoffs as well, whereas the Giants are going to finish up against the Padres, who the Dodgers are having their fun with like they did last night. Yeah, I'm looking at our schedule because, you know, we have the two stations, right? We have 7-10 and 11-10, and some of the games get farmed off. If the Dodgers play, the Dodgers are going to play October 6th on that wild card game. Why wouldn't we run that game? It says here it's going to be on, on, the, on KRDC. I mean, maybe management is listening and saying, why are you questioning our decisions? But it says in the calendar, KRDC, I would run that game right here. Well, I think that, um, you know, I think that's going to be what people are going to be really interested in. Now, look, you and I are absolutely scintillating and fascinating personalities. And we talk about a lot of really interesting stuff. But even I would have to say, I would yield to the Dodgers in the one, it's a one game playoff. You have gone on and on this week about the television ratings for that one-game playoff because it's such an exciting experience. I mean, it would occur to me as well that if you have a chance to air a Dodger game, assuming you can, you would. 
Yeah, I mean, I just text Greg right now. Why are we running the NL wildcard on KRDC? Um, this has to be on 710. So I'm making an executive decisions for the executives. How about that? That's a good idea. The only thing, I'm, I got one slight p- bit of pushback, and that is that on October 7th, the next day, we yeah. are going to be in SoFi Stadium. We've right. got like almost 40 listeners coming with us. That We're going to uh-huh. tour the, the locker rooms and the suites, and we're going to have a field goal kicking competition on the field. It's going to be a great time. But I guess on the other hand, we don't really need to promote it on October 6th because everybody who's going is already going on October 6th. Yeah, they 7th. will have already like won their thing. To, All right, I second your executive decision for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Greg has responded. I have a management uh, text. says it's not settled. Nothing is af- until after well, Monday the 4th. Yeah, it is now. Well, I, I mean, I kind of settled it. I mean, right. we know the Dodgers and Executive Cardinals decision. are playing, so I mean, yeah, we just kind of settled it. So, I mean, listen, even though it's not official, it's going to be here, okay? I'm just telling you right now it's going to happen. Fair warning, everybody. Fair warning. October 6th, be prepared. Yeah. Dodgers, so Cardinals. Yeah. So now I know I got the 6th and 7th off, which is nice. The 7th? You got the 7th off, too? Yeah, because uh, the what's the, is the 7th Thursday or is that a it Tuesday? Is, it is a Thursday. Yeah, the Rams play that day, bro. No, they do. Why do you, yeah, they play. Don't they play October seventh? I don't know, man. I mean, we're going to have this uh, this day at SoFi Stadium on a day where now are they on the road? The Rams? Yeah, they're playing Seattle. Oh, okay. I didn't have the yeah. schedule memorized. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's October October seventh, five twenty. Oh, that uh-huh. makes my life so much easier. Yeah. Oh, I thought I was going to go from SoFi Stadium, get done hurting myself by trying to kick field goals. You know. I'm definitely going to get hurt. There's no question about it. Yeah, yeah. We're kind of rooting for that, i got to be honest. I know. I mean, everybody thinks it's going to be funny, except the guy who's got the pulled hamstring or the guy who's got the busted ACL and the guy who's going under surgery and having to deal with rehab. That's me. I'm that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it is what it is. And I thought I was going to go from SoFi, you know, right into downtown L.A. to do the show that afternoon, but now you're telling me that the Rams are playing the Seahawks on Thursday Night Football and we're not going to be on the air that day. No, we're not. Definitely not. Wow. Um, All right, but coming up next, speaking of that guy, USC has their eye on a guy that you're familiar with. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. The greatest thing about Rocky IV, keep this song going and play it on a loop if you'd like while I talk about this. The greatest part of Rocky IV is not just that it was in the height of the Cold War or whatever, and that it's U.S. versus Russia, and it's Sylvester Stallone and the Rocky character against this ridiculously oversized and all roided up character from Russia. 
But the fact is that two thirds of the movie is a mon is like a musical montage. Like I'm not even joking about that. That you can Google it on the internet. Almost like sixty some odd percent of the movie is this. It's just scenes happening while music is playing in the background. (laughs) So if there's an additional forty minutes. My guess is about 25 of those will include music if the ratio continues to be the same. Yeah, Rocky in Siberia, you know, dressed in like all his uh, fur gear and he's cutting trees and he's running through the snow, you know, and that's that's his form of training to take on Drago. I must break you. Um, My prediction for the fight, pain. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. Well, my prediction for the fight, pain, was Rocky three, actually. Well, whatever. You know, work with me here, will you? Yeah, Mr. T, my prediction for the fight, pain, sucker. Yeah, Yeah. so, uh, all right, I got my Rockies mixed up, and I got my characters mixed up. At least you've seen Rocky, so I'm happy there. Yeah, but I I will tell you, man, I don't see myself as saying, you know, man, I really miss Rocky IV, you know, and I miss James Brown, I miss Clubber Lang. What? No way, dude. Rocky IV, for all the pomp and circumstance that surrounded that movie and the ridiculousness of how over-the-top it was, it is arguably the greatest Rocky just based on that alone. On, uh, on, on James just the Brown? fact that it's just completely over the top. Yeah. I mean, I like All it at of the it. end. I like when Rocky beats Drago. Oh, wait. Sorry. Spoiler. Uh, I like it when Rocky beats Drago. And at the end, you know, Rock has his whole, you know, message because you, you kept calling them Russia and you mentioned the Cold War. So remember, before they the were Soviet Union, right? They're the USSR, you know, they're the evil empire. And then there's Rock afterwards. If I can change, then you can change. We can all change, you know. And there's the guy who's supposed to be the leader of of the Soviet Union sitting the up Miguel there. At the Co- top. Mikhail Gorbachev. Gorbachev, yeah. Yeah. right? Because he had that like birthmark tattoo thing on his head, you know. Yeah. So I don't see myself as going. Oh, cool! They've added forty more minutes to Rocky Four. I gotta see that. Yeah. I mean, listen. If you were to remaster um, James Brown, you know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. It, look, my buddy Marcel Hall just texted me. He said, Rocky Four is the best one, hands down. It's emotional, and it touches you. It does. I mean, Apollo dies. Right, like, Apollo. seriously. Yeah. Apollo dies. And Rocky forever feels like he could have he changed that. He didn't want to throw the towel because Apollo is out there telling, taking the beating, right? He's getting beat up by Drago. Drago is whooping him, okay? And all of a sudden, he's getting whooped up against the ropes. Rocky wants to throw the towel, and you hear Apollo getting beat, and he's getting punched in the face, and he goes, don't throw the towel. Don't throw the towel. It's, like, emotional. I'm with yeah. my man Marcel. Who and then me. remember when, when, he, when he's down, okay, and Rock jumps into the ring, you know, and he looks over and he, he looks at Drago and Drago's giving Rocky the look like, yeah. I'm going to kill you next. Yeah. You know, you're getting yeah. it next, Rock. Yeah. And Rocky's Rocky, looking at him like, I'm, no, I'm going to kill you, even though you may kill me first. Yeah. And then Rocky has to start training in Siberia and then there's right. music playing. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Paulie's all upset because they go to Russia. You know, it's very, very, it's, it's a good movie. Duke is still training him. Like, come on, man. That, that, look. The, the first two Rockies are good movies. I'm not debating that. Even Rocky Three with Clubber Lang, Mr. T, good movie, okay? But Rocky Four, because of the pomp and circumstance, because of Apollo dying. Like, I know Mickey died in the third one, but Apollo dying, I feel like, was different. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, because Mickey was at least old. You know what I mean? But Apollo dying in the ring and just the way it all went down. And it, I love the way they tied it together in the Creed movies later, you know, which was excellent. 
Yeah, I think I stopped uh, Rocky after Rocky Four. I think that's when no, I was No, but you need to done. watch Creed then. If you watched Rocky Four, you should watch Creed. Okay, I have not watched Creed. Because Creed is excellent. Very well done. And uh, and it ties right into Rocky Four. It's like, you know, I mean, it has a little bit of Rocky Five with the Tommy Morrison one, but it's mostly really Rocky oh, Four. Oh, Rocky Five was Tommy Morrison? Yeah. yeah and then there was Rocky Balboa where oh, he fought Antonio Tarver. Uh, like, you know, he wanted to like come out of retirement to fight like some like amateur fights or whatever, just some like low level stuff. And then there was some video game. Antonio Tarver supposed to be like this badass boxer. And like the video game on ESPN or the virtual game on ESPN had Rocky beating Antonio Tarver in his prime. And, you know, he was like his his guys were like, we should get him to fight Rocky in an exhibition. And Max Kellerman is in the show in the movie. And Max is actually in Creed, too, now that I think about it. Um, but that was the first one Max popped in. Um, and he's like, I can't believe I'm calling a Rocky match. <laughs> That's a pretty good Max, I feel like, there. Yeah. It's a decent impersonation. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, there were a lot of them. I mean, I watched them all to pay homage uh, to the Rocky uh, genre of movies and, you know, the, the, the movies. But, um, but, yeah, Rocky Four is up there. And the Creed movies are excellent. So Rocky yeah, Five, Tommy the Machine Gun. That was yeah. his name, right? And, and what's his name in real life? Tommy Morrison? Is that his name? Tommy Morrison, yes. Yeah, he was a fighter. No right? longer with yeah. us, obviously, yeah. Um, and uh, my, my guy Marcel texts me again. It also gives you hope for peace in the world. It did give us hope. And by the way, not so long after that, you know, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. You know, oh, like, yeah. yeah, so, you know, it happened. Rocky may have made it happen, so you never know. Hey, by the way, while you're talking about Rocky and, uh, and, and you know, kind of going down memory lane of all the different Rockies, you realize that tonight on Thursday Night Football, the Jacksonville Jaguars, right now, it's still no, a couple minutes to go. No, I don't care about go. the Jacksonville Jaguars. You well, literally I mean, lost me a Jacksonville Well, Jaguars. but it's on. It's on TV right now, and I'm watching the NFL game, but I'm also watching the college game. The University of Miami is playing the University of Virginia, and I'm watching that game, although it's gone to halftime. But this will be a surprise to a lot of people. Jacksonville is up 14 nothing on Cincinnati. Now, it's not like Cincinnati's a great team or anything, but they do come into the game 2-1, and one, and they did beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh last week. And Jacksonville with a 14-zip lead here late in, I believe it's late in the second quarter. Like I said, I'm just kind of watching out of the corner of my eye, but I saw the score, and I saw Trevor Lawrence run in for a touchdown. I went, whoa, 14-0, 445 to go in the second quarter. Surprising. Yeah, I, honestly, unless you have fantasy implications, I don't think anybody cares about that game. Like, I, I have zero interest in that game. But I'm zero. a football junkie. So for like, me, less than zero. I, I'll watch any football game. That's televised. No, no. if you have Cincinnati like and Jacksonville, I'm out. No, not me. Not me. I'm the guy that, that recorded the red zone from last year and in the offseason was like, all right, I'm trying to remember what happened in week 13. Let me go back and watch the recording of the red zone. Scott Hansen's red zone, by the way. Andrew yeah. Siciliano, just no. so you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we're going to go down that you watching, path. You watching we're... Miami, Virginia? I mean, that's your, your Miami Hurricanes. I mean, I got it on. I'm yeah, me too. It. Miami's getting killed. Watching. I, you know, but at least to that, like to me, that makes sense. You know what I mean? But like Jacksonville, Cincy, like you couldn't pay me to watch that game. Yeah, but I got like say, I would George... literally only watch it if I had to do like around the horn tomorrow, and I knew we were going to talk about it. Like that'd yeah. be the only reason I'd watch. Well, it. but for me, it would I be like storylines. But I like storylines. Like so, you got Trevor Lawrence, what who's the number one line? overall pick. The Jacksonville Jaguars draft. and Cincinnati Bengals are going to be irrelevant by the time Week per- Eight. Perhaps around. that's true. But you got la- this year's number one pick. You got last year's number one pick. So I find these kinds of things interesting. And plus, again, I'm a football junkie. I'll watch any football game. And on a night like tonight, Thursday night, 
I got an NFL game on one TV, and I got a college game on the other TV, and I really don't have a rooting interest in either of the games. I don't have any fantasy things to deal with, and I don't have any wagers on any of these games, but two football games are on TV. They're on my two TVs. You're a sick human being is what I would say. <laughs> All right, we never got to um, the USC thing. I guess we'll have to do it in the last segment because Big Deal or No Deal is up next. We'll get to that, everyone's favorite segment, uh, here in the 6 o'clock hour, most popular segment of the 6 o'clock hour that's coming up. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thank you, Christopher. Speaking of big deals, big deal for you to call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call my friends at Sam and Ash Law at 800 800- 304-2000. That's 800-304-2000 because you deserve what's right. What's right, Linz? All right, guys. So job hunting site Zipia has released the 2021 edition of the favorite Halloween candy for each state map. Bet. We've all seen those before, right? Please don't tell me it's candy corn anywhere interesting. Well, some one of the states does have candy corn, but last year's favorite Starburst was dethroned by Kit Kats and Twix bars this year. And overall, between chocolate and non-chocolate candy, chocolate narrowly wins because 28 states prefer chocolate candies, while 22 prefer gummy, fruit-flavored candies and other non-chocolate candies. And the favorite candy in California is, want to take a guess? Um, I'm going to guess, based on the state of California and all the dispensaries that have popped up in the last five years, I'm going to guess some sort of a gummy. How about a gummy bear or a Swedish fish? Uh, incorrect. We want to take a guess, Sedano? Uh, I would guess some sort of like chocolate thing. Um, can I go like uh, like Reese's peanut butter cups or something like that? You can, but you'll be incorrect. It is mm. Jolly Ranchers, just traditional oh. Jolly Ranchers hard candy. Ugh. Didn't see that one coming myself, no, but me you know, yeah. whatever. Um, so anyway, Jolly Ranchers and being the favorite in California, is this a big deal or no deal? Um, no deal for me. I mean, I like a Jolly Rancher, don't get me wrong. Um, of the hard candies, probably my favorite, uh, just because it's got all the great different flavors, the cherry, the sour apple. Uh, they've expanded the palate, too, to like a grape. Um, and then there's a couple others, that pink one, uh, which I believe is watermelon. Uh, yeah, oh, I yeah, like jo- watermelon's I, good. I like a Jolly Rancher, don't get me wrong. Um, I don't love, like, the gummy, sour patch type stuff. I'm, or even Skittles, but of the hard candies or the non-chocolate category, Jolly Rancher is okay with me. But no deal because I'm a chocolate person first. I'm also in this as a no deal. Um, Jolly Ranchers, you know, they take a long time. You know, that, that, that's a that's a real commitment. I mean, I feel to- like you would be you would be perfect for that. Would be perfect for you. You sometimes you always joke that I can say the things you say that you takes you two or three minutes in like thirty seconds. So I feel like that's right up your alley. I know, but it's it's too long of a commitment for me. You know, like I think I can get done with. A, <laughs> I, I, think, I think I can get done with like a butterscotch candy, oh like a gosh. sucking candy, in like maybe three or four <laughs> minutes. But a Jolly Rancher is a commitment of at least ten to fifteen minutes. I think. Okay. You know? 
All right. Well, and by the I'm... way, what's the problem with candy corn? I love candy corn. Those are oh, great. my God. It's God, gross. Get out of here. Get now, look, I don't here. eat them because it's just like eating balls of sugar. But I do like it like when it's at the top, it's white. In the middle, it's orange. And at the bottom, it's yellow or vice versa. And I like to bite it three at a time. First, I bite off the white. Then I bite off the orange. Then I finish up with the yellow or the white or whatever it is. But I don't like the one that has the brown on the top. I don't know what it is. Well, candy corn's nasty. I'm sorry. The fact that it's even on any state's list as a favorite is just a travesty, if you ask me. Really? But on to the next one. Mm. Oh, on to the next one. Yes, please. All right, so Kylie Jenner is facing criticism from fans over the quality of her new swimwear line after customers said they received bathing suits that are see-through and coming apart at the seams. The Kylie Cosmetics founder launched her newest endeavor, Kylie Swim, on September 17th with most of the swimsuits priced at $80. While some of the styles appear to be popular, as a few of the bathing suits are currently listed as sold out on the website, many customers who have already received their orders have criticized the line on social media with TikTok and Twitter flooded with negative reviews saying the quality is terrible they're see-through and they just don't fit properly now kylie also received a lot of criticism for the quality and ingredient concerns in both her skincare and makeup lines i did try the kylie lipstick and it was terrible it was supposed to be this nice like nude pink and it turned orange after like 10 minutes anyway is kylie's quality issues once again with one of her signature products a big deal or no deal sedano I mean, it's a big deal for her if she wants to keep selling stuff. I know they sell on the brand and the name and all that stuff, but eventually if the stuff is crap, then people aren't going to buy it. I would figure that if it's Kylie Jenner who is putting these bathing suits out, and I'm looking at some of them online right now, and I'm looking at a picture of her right now, uh, maybe this isn't her. I don't know. This is a sexy bathing suit, you know? They're um, all I- very, very sexy and skimpy and small. Yeah, which which would lead me to think that when they make them, they're like, hey, let's not tell everybody, but you really want to make them sexier. Let's make them see through. And so I wonder I really wonder if if this was conscious or it was not intended. And now people who didn't understand this are like, oh, this bathing suit sucks. I mean, you can see through everything. Well, the problem with that is that um, another swimwear designer, creator, whatever, posted a, a video that went viral on TikTok saying there's no way that she didn't that somebody wasn't aware that these were see-through because for all the ads that they posted on the website they would have had to, to photoshop them if this was the exact swimsuit that they were sending, selling out so they're saying that the ones that are on the website that you're seeing there the sexy ones whatever that they would be see-through in the photos of the description you know what i mean so yeah. they obviously had to photoshop that so they're they're misleading people clearly and you would think that this, you know, it would be a big deal and people wouldn't continue to buy her stuff. But like I said, there's a lot of people that ripped her makeup for bad quality and it was cheap. And they're like, oh, she's a billionaire. She, she should be able to afford better quality products. But she, now people are still out buying her swimsuits and they're selling out. So obviously people don't care about the quality issues, right? Is her makeup something that's supposed to be like, is there a differentiator? Is it organic? Is it clean? No. Is it being sold at the big stores, the big manufacturers, yes. the, uh, the big retailers? Yeah, it's yeah. at like Sephora and it was it was selling out. Like when she first came out with like the lip liner and lipstick, you couldn't find it anywhere. It was a very hot product. But then people started posting reviews and they got negative reviews everywhere because like the lipsticks would change color after they'd been on for a while and they didn't stay and they're just kind of gross in my experience. You should try my friend's brand, Lindsay. It's called Lawless, L-A-W-L-E-S-S and you can buy it at Sephora. 
try that stuff out. Okay, I'll try it. All right, on to the next one. All right, so the General Counsel for the National Labor Relations Board made a huge decision in regard to college athletes on Wednesday. A memo issued says the college players should be considered employees of their schools and afforded protections under the National Labor Relations Act. Per the memo, college athletes, quote, perform services for institutions in return for compensation and are subject to their control. As a result, certain college athletes are statutory employees who have the right to act collectively to improve the terms and conditions of employment. Is this a big deal or no deal, Kaplan? Um, I'm going to say it's a big deal, but I'm not really sure I understood it all because I'm trying to think about it. Like you're a, you're a football player at a school and you're on scholarship and you're supposed to be considered a university employee because yes and and with the employment status comes what additional benefits because what i'm getting at is if you're a usc football player and you're on scholarship even if you're not on scholarship if you play on the usc football team and something happens to you i mean they take really good care of you not to mention they feed you they give you books they they you know they they pay for everything i'm just trying to figure out what additional benefit is there if they well are considered university employees I think the biggest one is the well, fact that it says they have the right to collective act collectively to improve their terms and conditions of employment. Mm-hmm. They want to so, unionize, basically. Exactly. So they, yeah. So they and and what what it, the benefit would be, um, you know, particularly for football players. My assumption is, and this has been something that's been brought up in the past, is um, health care beyond their time playing division one college football um which for not not for every player um you know very few make the pros um a lot of injuries that are sustained during the college days are constant injuries that still nag them moving forward um you know and i think that because of the physicality particularly of that sport you know i can't account for all of the sports but the physicality of that particular sport. I think that that's something that's been raised in the past. Um, and, and I also think that, I mean, no offense, if you're in a power five conference, you're making billions of dollars, dude. Like, like they're making billions of dollars off of you. And you know, not until like, I don't know, five minutes ago, you couldn't even make money off your own name and image. So, I mean, that's yeah, I feel like it's going to eventually it, there's going to be some implications from this that come down the road. And I think as of right now, maybe nothing's going to change. But something's going to happen. You know, there's going to be some type of, you know, unionization or lawsuit or something that comes up where everybody's like, well, oh, the Northwestern well. kids tried it um, not that long ago, you know, with yeah. uh, with unionization. It didn't work out. But I mean, I I do think there's going to be some semblance of that as time goes by, because uh, the notion that a scholarship and room and board is enough, particularly for a power five school. You know, when you're talking about the, you know, the type of money that's being thrown around. Uh, name, image, and likeness is a nice first step, but I don't think it's it's the I don't believe it's the ultimate step personally. I mean, name, image, and likeness it works great for a few. You know, I mean, not everybody is going to be able to make money off of that. I mean, to, at least the way I see it, you know, it's quarterbacks and star players, and you know, unless the whole team. I think it, I think I had read a story a few months ago that the University of Miami had an entire deal, like everybody was going to be wearing. Gear yeah, it was from, some sort of like gym or something. Right, like you know, that. and everybody was going to post on social media, and that's 
that's where where the value was for the brand. But I don't. I'd like to hear more about that story, though, Lindsay. I'd like to hear a little more about that before I really, really know if it is going to be a big deal. Because right now it just seems like a lot of work, you know. And I just feel like you know you're 18, 19, 20, 21, and before you know it, you're off to whatever else you're going to be doing in life. Yep. Yeah. We'll keep that uh, All right. Coming up next, we've got our top five and bottom five in the NFL. We, I do want to finish up that USC story, and if we can sneak in an interesting Lakers story that Carmelo Anthony had today, we will try to sneak that in as well. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. All right, Cap. It is time for our top five and bottom five, where we give our top five teams in the NFL and our bottom five teams. So where are you, where are you going this week? Well, I would like to start with the top five, George. I think um, I'd like to give you my top five teams in the NFL. I remind everybody that this is a week-to-week league which means it's a week-to-week power ranking. Everybody does their power rankings, 1 through 32. Some people like to give you their top five. We go top five and bottom five. Here's my top five, George. At number five, the Buffalo Bills, who in the last two weeks have crushed the Miami Dolphins 35-0. Then they beat the Washington football team 43-21. They'll play the Texans this weekend and win that game easily. Huge line in that game, by the way. I've got Buffalo, whose offense is on fire at number five. Number four. The Green Bay Packers, week one, terrible against New Orleans. Rattled off two straight wins. The win last week on the road at San Francisco, they're in Pittsburgh, or excuse me, they're home against Pittsburgh. I expect them to win. I've got the Packers at number four. Even though Tom Brady lost at the Rams, last week they were number one. They've dropped to number three. Tampa lost, but they're on the road this week at New England. I think they'll win. The Bucks at number three. At number two, I've got the Raiders. You know, I I said at the beginning of the week, I wasn't overly impressed with their win against Miami. George, you kind of got on me and said they showed a ton of resilience. I've gone back this week. I've watched the game. I think you were actually right. I don't think I gave the Raiders enough credit. They're going to be in L.A. They're home away from home on Monday night against the Chargers, and I've got the Raiders at 3-0 as the number two team in the league after three weeks. And at number one, I don't think this is going to be any surprise to anybody. I've got the Rams. That win against Tampa made America say, Matthew Stafford on this Rams team, the Rams are for real, and I've got them at number one. That's my top five, George. All right, so my top five goes like this. I'll go a little faster here. Uh, I got the Bills at number five. I don't think they have an impressive uh, couple of wins. But I think that they are a dynamic team, both on offense and defense. And after a rough start against Pittsburgh, they've bounced back nicely to beat the teams they should have beaten and beaten them pretty soundly in some cases. So at number four, I've got Tom Brady and the Bucks. 
Uh, their defense looks a little suspect right now, uh, particularly their secondary. It's dinged up. They added Richard Sherman. We'll see if that helps. At number three, I've got the Green Bay Packers. After an awful start to the season, the worst game maybe in Aaron Rodgers' career, uh, they have bounced back to beat uh, a team in the Lions that they should have beaten, and they ended up blowing them out in the second half. And a really impressive win against the Niners, I thought, in a game where Aaron Rodgers had no timeouts in 36 seconds or whatever it was and ended up pulling out the victory uh, there in San Francisco or Santa Clara or wherever they play. Uh, number two, the Raiders. Look, you know, for the reasons you outlined with the Dolphins game, I was impressed that they were able to come back down 14 nothing, and I thought their first two games were as impressive a win as anybody had or wins that anybody had so far this season. But the Rams just look dominant from top to bottom. Even though the defense still can be better, uh, I, I have just been thoroughly impressed with them overall as a team, and they continue to be not my number one. Now, I will continue with my bottom five. So these are like in reverse order. So right. the last team I go with will be the worst team. So my number five team as far as like, I guess, what would that be? So it's that's 32, 31, 30, 29, 28. My 28th best team. Uh, is the Atlanta Falcons, who just beat the Giants, but neither of those teams are very good, uh, which makes the Giants my 29th best team <laughs> in the league because I just think that, God, they can't block anyone, man. And Saquon is still dinged up a little bit. I can't even evaluate Daniel Jones because they can't you know, block for him. Um, you know, this one's interesting. I thought about moving the Lions up a little bit, but I have them at 30. Tight game against Baltimore. Really bad luck, really, for them losing the way they did. But that team is not good. Um, so 0-3, I had to put them there at 30. The Jags at 31, even though that can change. Obviously, they got a lead right now. Uh, but at the moment, they are number 31. They're not a good team. Um, they can't block. Uh, their running game is somewhat suspect. And Trevor Lawrence, a rookie. Their defense is really bad. Can't put pressure on the quarterback. Uh, and the worst team in the league continues to be the Jets. The Jets stink. J-E-T-S just end the season. Very good. Very, very good. All right, here comes my bottom five. These are the bottom feeders of the NFL. And number 28, I've got the New York Giants. They're 0-3. They'll play at the Saints this weekend, and I expect them to lose that game again. Giants are horrendous. At number 29, I've got the Detroit Lions. They'll play at the Bears this weekend, and who knows, maybe they'll get lucky against a rookie quarterback, uh, although it seems like all three quarterbacks for, for Chicago are in play. Lions are 0-3. They're number 29 for me. At number 30, I've got the Jets. They'll lose this weekend at the Titans. Jets are 0-3, rookie quarterback, just nothing going right. Now at 31, I've got Jacksonville, and they're playing tonight against Cincinnati, and they have a big lead. And so um, while I've got Jacksonville as the 30, 31st team in the NFL, so making them you know, one of the absolute worst, they could change this all up tonight. And at number 32, again, George, I want to reiterate, this is a week-to-week poll. The worst team in the NFL this week, and they can change it, but the worst team, number 32, the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, come on. You don't lose at home to the San Diego Chargers and not go on my list as the worst team in the NFL. Kansas City, you got to redeem yourself this week at Philadelphia. The Chiefs are number 32 on my list you're so ridiculous with this bottom five thing like you really are like you're just you're that was just a spite pick because you got embarrassed by picking the chargers last last week well listen i think everybody knows where i'm coming from um had the chargers Your lost spiteful. the game that's Your right had person. the chargers lost the game they'd be 32 but because whoever loses to the chargers they'll usually be on my poll as number 32 kansas city 
get your you-know-what together, man. All right, then. There it is. There's uh, the top five and bottom five. Real quick, speaking of five, there's more than five candidates for USC at the moment. But our boy Keyshawn, uh, you can lower the music now, pal. Um, our boy Keyshawn, if we have that audio from this morning, he was on his show, which you can catch each and every morning, 6 to 10 here on the station, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And they were talking about Lane Kiffin. And Lane Kiffin to USC is the case that Key was trying to make. Let's take a listen to our guy, Key. He's been to an all-time high. He's not doing that. He's preparing to beat Nick Saban. When he was immature, he'd be on everybody's shows leading up to the game. He went on Paul Feinbaum's show. Who the hell doesn't want to go on that show leading up to one of the biggest games in the SEC when Paul Feinbaum's show dominates the SEC conference in terms of talking and, uh, you know, all the interviews and the verbal. That's, that's where you go. Who wouldn't want to do that? He, he, hasn't, he, did, he declined to come on our show because he needs to be focused on what's the task at hand. So that mature level continues to grow. No, no. It's to a point where he wins this football game. Mm. He becomes one of the front runners, in my opinion, to get rehired at USC. It makes sense. And none of us would have a problem rehiring Lane Kiffin at USC, even though he got fired on the tarmac. It makes because he was doing a hell of a job minus the scholarships. Um, listen, I know he played with, you know, not a full deck of scholarships and all that stuff. I understand that when he was at USC. But, man, I, I just don't think Mike Bone is going to risk his livelihood to hire Lane Kiffin. I, I, I don't see it. And my guess is there are boosters at USC who don't want to see it either, for that matter. I'm, I'm just going to tell you this, that if – well, let me start by saying Lane Kiffin has been a job jumper, meaning, you know, he had the Raiders job, he got fired, he went to Tennessee, he spent one year, okay, USC came calling, so he came home. I mean, when you just go to an SEC school – with the history of Tennessee, and you're willing to leave after a year. But again, SC was calling. Didn't work out at SC. Goes to Alabama for a couple of years. I give him respect for taking a step backwards by going to Florida Atlantic, and he was there for two or three seasons, and now he's at Ole Miss. This is his second year. My question would be this. If I'm Lane Kiffin, do I really want the pressure of going back to SC? Yeah, he does. I don't know if he does. Oh, no, he does. I mean, listen, I haven't spoken to him, so I don't know if he does or he I doesn't. I mean, dude, I mean, I mean, have you seen him? Like, of course he does. Yeah, but, George, Ole Miss plays in the number one conference in college Right, football. but there's pressure there is the point. I understand there is. Yeah. But, but why do I want to take the risk of going back to SC in that media market, this media market, and, and when everybody knows what a failure it was the first time around? I just, if I were Lane Kiffin, I'd be happy where I'm at. Yeah, Lane Kiffin is not a happy where I'm at kind of guy. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess the resume I've just run off kind of intimates that, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just that. That's not him. All right, we're done here. Excellent work, Scott Kaplan. Outstanding job, George Sedano and team. Uh, great job, Lindsay. Welcome back, Alex. Excellent work. Great job as well, buddy. Uh, we will talk to you mañana on a football Friday here on Seven Ten.